Cannon County, Tennessee. Cannon County. We, we are number one in the United States for March. We have more rain than any county in the, in the whole country. But we're number one. Woo! Cannon County! <laughs> more NOAA, the what is it, national something, something, something. Weather people said Cannon County had more rain than any county in the country. At least we got something to brag about. Right? I mean, you know. Can't talk about our high school football team, that's for sure. It's a good thing we're on a hill. Huh? It's a good thing we're on a hill. Exactly. That's, that's why we're on a hill. That's right. <laughs> but you know, guys, it's, it's all in the perspective, isn't it? You know, every time I come down, I tell you, winter, spring, summer, or fall, it doesn't matter. When I top the hill coming out of Murfreesboro, and I come down by the market, and there's that long hill right before you come into Cannon County, and I look back over to the left, and I see all the foothills my heart just at God's creation. He's an amazing God. He, he's, he's done all this for us, for our pleasure. <laughs> I don't have to understand. I just have to appreciate. Sometimes I miss that. Sometimes I do. I try not to, but I do. But, you know, look, look at our property here. 13 and a half, 14, 15 acres. Beautiful. Our front yard out here, I tell y'all, when we get big enough, we're going to have an outside service like a sermon, on the, a sermon on the Mount. That's right. Don't think my voice won't reach up that hill or down that hill or whichever way it needs to go. Y'all know. <laughs> so the book of John. John is, uh, is, is where the, the I am's of Jesus. John chapter 10 especially where Jesus tells us, I am the door, I am the, the light, I'm the bread of life, I am this, I am that. And I've gone through some of those, and I'm going to end the series today, but this is not going to be out of the book of John. Because that's not the last I am that I want to cover. Revelation chapter 22, 12 and 13. Behold, I am coming quickly. And my reward is with me to render to every man according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Ooh, glory to God. Glory. All the other I am's have said, uh, said only once. Only once. But the, a variation of I am the Alpha and the Omega is repeated five times in Revelation. I believe that warrants us looking at it. I believe that it's worth examining the, the term um, Alpha and Omega. You know, some of you go, oh, Pastor Marty, that's Greek to me. I know it is, smart Alec. That's the first and the last letters of the Greek alphabet. The beginning and the end. So Jesus clarifies, he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. In Hebrew is Alpha and Tav. In English, he's saying, I am the A to the Z. Come on now. That's good preaching. And he's everything in between. Everything in between. <laughs> you know, a lot of people do their names A to Z. A to Z recycling. We recycle everything. You know, it means that they're giving all there is to know about the subject. So when we speak about Jesus as the Alpha and the Omega, we're speaking of the one who spans time and eternity. Time and eternity. 
the one who was before all things, created all things, upholds all things by his power. He is the almighty, eternal God. Mm. <laughs> Title goes beyond what, what my brain, I, I would presume what your brains can imagine or comprehend. It doesn't go beyond my imagination, but well beyond my understanding. We're talking about the presence of who Jesus is. And, and as such, uh, we hit a brick wall because we can't comprehend. I mean, can you really stop and, and think, He had the power to call down a legion of angels to take Him off that cross. But He did not. He did not. He said, I'm going to stay here because of you all who are yet to come. You know, I, I enjoy, I'm passionate. I tell people at work, uh, I have some people I've sold to that, that are country music stars now. They had a passion for music. I, uh, I have some people that, that do other jobs and they're passionate about doing steel art and they buy from me. Uh, all kinds, but I, I never fail to tell them that, that the steel sales is my income. My passion is preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. But I do not kid myself to think that I know all about there is to know about the Alpha and the Omega. I can assuredly tell you this sermon is not the Alpha and the Omega about the Alpha and the Omega. There's going to be more. In Revelation where Jesus is saying He's the Alpha and the Omega, you can see He is the, the Alpha and the Omega of creation. He's the Alpha and Omega of salvation. And he's the Alpha and the Omega of Revelation. Excuse me. Or you could say to me, Pastor, you mean Revelation is in the book of Revelation? Or, or is he the sum of all of God's revelation? Or are you talking about how it all ends with his coming revelation? Yes. Yes. But I want to talk about the Alpha and the Omega of Revelation. The first book of, of Revelation itself, we, we, we've seen already that the last chapter says he's the Alpha and the Omega. But in chapter 1, verses 7 and 8, Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and the tribes of the earth will mourn over him. So it is to be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is, is to come, the Almighty. Glory. I get goosebumps preaching that. I get, oh, hmm. He's saying I'm the first and the last. The Alpha and the Omega. The sum and true focus of the book of Revelation. And to emphasize the point he says at the beginning and he says it at the end. That's how God works. He wants to be sure you get the point. <laughs> and, and the book, it's, it's in the first chapter and it's in the last chapter. The book of Revelation starts with these words. The revelation 
of Jesus Christ. The essence of the book is both singular and it's unveiling or, or it's a revelation from a person about a person. The Gospels presented, presented Jesus in the days of His humiliation when He came and, and Isaiah tells us the suffering servant. Revelation is an unveiling of Jesus Christ in His glory. It reveals Him as the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one whose face shines like the sun in all the strength. Jesus Christ, the Alpha and the Omega of God's revelation in the book of Revelation. Amen. It's an unveiling of, of, of who He truly is. I mean, yeah, there, there are many things that, that talks about. There's a seven-headed beast, the, the woman who rides the, uh, the beast and the mark of destruction upon the earth. But all of these are pointers to the main, to the main act. They're just, they're just uh, warming us up, which is the revelation or the unveiling of Jesus Christ. Revelation 19.10 says... Then I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, Do not do that. I am a fellow servant of yours and your brethren who holds the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. You see, it all points to Jesus. The angel could have said, Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with God. Go ahead and worship me. But he said, No, let me point to Jesus. John, who is probably overly awed by the revelation that he'd been given. And I was, I was doing some research, and Patmos is actually a developed island now. There's, there's motels, and there's been a town built. It used to be a prison. When John was sent there, it was a prison. They're sent there to mine, and there are very little trees on it then. It's it a desolate place. And then John's revelation is believed to have come in a cave. I am pretty sure a cave had nothing but rocks and darkness. I looked at a picture, and now there's rugs and there's wooden furniture, and where people have gone in and made something a, a shrine. But I believe there are times when the revelation of God comes when we're up against the rocks. When there's nothing to relax on. When there's nothing comfortable in our life. God is going to speak a revelation into your spirit. So that you can know Jesus. So that you can know the Holy Ghost. So that you can walk in the power of the Lord. Whew. Mm. Now back to my sermon. <laughs> John was in such awe. He fell at the feet of the angel. You see the whole intent and purpose of prophecies to bring glory, honor, and majesty, worship, and praise to Jesus Christ. No one else. That's why Revelation says, worthy is the Lamb. It doesn't say worthy of the angels. It doesn't say worthy of the apostles. Worthy is the Lamb. Jesus is not just the Alpha and the Omega of Revelation. He's the Alpha and the Omega of the entire Bible. 
the Alpha and Omega of God's revelation in the Bible. I was, I don't know what I was reading, but I saw something and, and it was a, about a, it was a, like a blog, you know, with something online and somebody had written something, a guy had gone to a, 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 a what do you call it, a conference on studying the Old Testament and the, and, and Hebrew. And is at a small, fairly liberal university, which says it all. And the person wrote, says, It was Sunday morning and I was seated behind the pulpit along with the other choir members. We had, we had all done the typical Baptist preliminaries of worship in preparation for the highlight of the service, which is the sermon. As we sat down, the pastor rose, walked to the pulpit, pulpit and announced that he was going to preach a series, excuse me, a series of sermons called Jesus in Genesis. Said the, the person that wrote about this choir member said, I groaned inwardly because I knew that man he would be crystallizing the Old Testament. That he was going to be inserting Christian ideas into the Old Testament in order to make it more relevant. This person who they're talking about was a professor at that university who studied the Old Testament, who taught the Old Testament. And they're rolling their eyes and groaning because we're gonna, he's going to point out Christ throughout the Bible. I can tell you that in my personal opinion, that's the problem that we have with so many Christians today. The, old, the, old, the professor knew the Old Testament, but he was like the religious scholars in Jesus' time. John 5 verses 39 and 40 says, You diligently study the scriptures because you think that by them you possess eternal life. These are the scriptures that testify about me, Jesus said. Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. And then in Luke 24, verses 25 through 27. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe that all the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And, the, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Oh, that's, you know, that's the Old Testament. There's nothing in Jesus about that. That's all passed away. No, it's stories for us to learn. Testimonies for us to learn. To know how Jesus is throughout all time. He says to remember the former things. Long past things. Because they teach about Him. They teach about His purpose and that it will be established in the world. God's purpose is in Christ. It's all there in the book of Genesis. Uh, let me just point out a few things that, that maybe you didn't ever really relate to. Uh, there are characters and, and types of Christ. There's Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve. The first marriage. Adam was created from the earth and Eve was created from him, Adam. She was hidden in him and taken from him. She was the bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. It was the picture of Christ and his bride, the church. Like Eve, she is hidden in him. 
Once fully revealed, she will be seen to be just like him as Eve was from Adam and a perfect counterpart for Adam. Cain and Abel, first two men born on this earth, they brought two different offerings to God. Cain brought produce, the work of his hands. Abel brought the firstborn of the flock, a blood offering based on a blood substitutionary sacrifice. Cain's offering was a type of the masses who expect to come to God on the basis of their own good works. Think about that. He gave out of his works. Abel speaks of those who come to God through the blood of Christ. Noah and the ark. Because of the great sin and wickedness, God had to judge the earth. Do not be deceived, brothers and sisters. God is going to judge this earth for the lives that are being lived throughout the whole world. There is only one place of safety. The ark. All outside the ark were judged. God Himself closed the door of the ark and ensured that all inside the ark are safe and secure. The ark is a picture of Christ. The only place of safety from judgment of God. And there's more and more and more. And I could go on through this, but, but I want you to understand there's one, two more I'm going to really talk about. One of them, Joseph and his brothers. More space is given to the story of Joseph in Genesis than any other story. Joseph was despised and rejected by his Jewish brothers. Left for dead by his own brothers, he arose to the right hand of Pharaoh of Egypt in Egypt and takes a Gentile bride. Thank you, God. During an extreme seven-year famine, the hardship his brothers are forced to seek help. <laughs> Feeling guilt about what they did to Joseph years ago, they are eventually reconciled to Joseph with great weeping. Can y'all see this? I mean, you know... <laughs> This lays out the whole prophetic plan in advance of Jesus' rejection by His Jewish brothers. It foretells of His ascension to the right hand of God. And it foretells of the seven years of tribulation that are coming, the day of Jacob's trouble, within which the Jews will be forced to cry out and finally be reconciled to the Messiah, to Christ Jesus. Jesus is the essence of the first book. He is the essence of the last book. And he is the essence of every book in between. Imagine for a moment the Bible without Jesus. What would be left of the Gospels without Christ? You'd be left with a bunch of 12 misfits goofing around as they trip through Israel. Well, I, I didn't know that. Well, there's... <laughs> When we read the Bible, it should be Jesus who captures our attention. His words convict us. Imagine the letters, the epistles without Jesus. It'd just be a bunch of rules which you try to clean up your life by. Without Jesus, we do it on our own. And that is not how we get to the Lord. The book of Revelation without Jesus would be pretty bleak, wouldn't it? Death, destruction, without any kind, without any return of the king, any eternal hope. I don't know if you remember Hee Haw. 
doom, despair, and agony on me. That's what it would be all the time. Nothing else. Whew, Jesus is essential to all that we do. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. But I want to assure you, the greatest revelation is yet to come. Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega of God's revelation to mankind. He is God's single essential message to mankind. And He is God's revelation to mankind in the last days in a dramatic way. When we look again at, at two scriptures in the book of Revelation that I started out with, we can see the context of both concerned the two greatest revelations in the history of mankind which are still to come. Listen to them again. Re Revelation 22, 12 and 13 and this time I've added in verse 17, okay? Behold, I'm coming quickly in my reward with me to render to every man according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and last, the beginning and the end. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come. And let the one who hears say, Come. Revelation 1, 7 and 8. Behold, He is coming with the clouds. And every eye will see Him and even those who pierced Him and all the tribes of the earth will mourn over Him. So it is to be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who was, who is, who was, and who is to come. The Almighty, the greatest revelation, the return of Jesus Christ. Amen. Mm. <laughs> the Alpha Revelation. The return and revealing of the pride of the bride. Jesus has, has, has been seen for a long time. But he's coming. One, one, the other story I want to relate to you real quickly. And I just, I was, I was studying this, just, it hit me. Isaac and Rebecca in Genesis. After the near sacrifice of Isaac, uh, Sarah dies and, and Abraham sends his, his servant out to find a bride for his son Isaac. Isaac himself is not seen until he goes out to meet his bride, Rebecca, and to take her home in Genesis 24. Think about that. After the death of God's son, Jesus, the wife of the father, Israel, dies. Or he's laid aside. While the servant, the Holy Spirit, is sent out to find the bride for his son. Like Isaac, Jesus is not seen again after his ascension until he comes out to meet his bride to take her home take her to his home just as Isaac did with Rebecca this really hit me think about it from Rebecca's point of view a messenger comes informing her of someone that would like to marry her in another country what? She has to believe a message from a man she's never met which will cause her to leave her family and go to a country she has never visited to marry a man she has never seen. <laughs> I'm just a nobody who wants to tell everybody about somebody. Amen. Amen. Ooh, mm. 
You're asked the same that Rebecca was. What did Rebecca say? I am willing. And left within a day with a man she'd never seen, a man to a land she'd never visited, to marry a man she'd never seen. I'm ready. I'm willing, Lord. I will go. Here am I. Send me. And the first glimpse Isaac got uh, of Isaac she got was when he met them in the field and took her back to his father's home to be his wife. He hadn't been seen since the sacrifice attempt. This is his near sacrifice. And it says that Isaac loved Rebekah. The groom loved the bride. The Bible says, and though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you... Uh, uh, Though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. 1 Peter 1.8 <laughs> Like Isaac, Jesus has not been seen for some time, but he is coming to meet his bride and to take her back to his father's house soon, soon, just as Isaac did. And then the bride and all her glory will be revealed. That's why we can, we can see in Colossians 3, 4. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with Him in glory. The Alpha, the next revelation in these last days. But then there's the Omega. The Omega revelation for the world. The Omega, the Omega, or the last revelation of Christ is for the entire world. Revelation 1-7 clearly says that every eye will see Him. Every eye. If I read Bible prophecy correctly, that, that leads up to... Uh, that, that lead up events are... are I wrote that wrong. If I read Bible prophecy correct, the events that are going to lead up to this are going to be incredible. To put it simply, God sets the stage <laughs> turning off the lights. Can you imagine no sun, no moon, no stars? He turns off the lights. I was, I was picturing, as I was going over my sermon last night, I was picturing this in my mind's eye. The sun not shining, the moon will turn blood red, Scripture says. The sky will recede like a scroll. Then, with all eyes fixed, He will peel back the curtain that separates heaven and earth, revealing Him, the One who sits in all authority upon the throne. Everything's dark and the curtain is peeled back and the light of lights, the Lord of lords, the King of kings will be revealed for all to see. The curtain will open and in the glory God will be there and Jesus will be sitting at His right hand. Hallelujah. Woo. Mm. Revelation 6, 15-17 says, uh, Then the kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the rich, the mighty, and every slave and every free man hid in caves and among the rocks of the mountains. They called to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of Him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the, God, for the great day of His wrath has come and who can stand? Mm.
who can stand? Revelation 6, that was 15, 17. Revelation 6, starting in verse 12. I watched as he opened the sixth seal. Now you know who opens the seals. There's only been one found worthy. And there was a great earthquake. The sun turned black like sackcloth made of goat hair. The whole moon turned blood red. The stars in the sky fell to earth as late figs dropped from a fig tree when shaken by a strong wind. The sky receded like a scroll, rolling up, and every mountain and island was removed from its place. Then the kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the rich, the mighty, the slaves, and every free man hid in the caves. They called on the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. Church, if you are in Jesus Christ, you don't have to fear the wrath of the Lamb because you're going to be wrapped up in the arms of grace. Amen. The arms of grace. See, this time, the mystery of God will be revealed. The final revelation. Revelation chapter 10, verse 7. But in the days of surrounding of the seventh angel, when he is about to sound, the mystery of God would be finished. And he declared to his servants and the prophets. It's finished. The revelation is finished. And then Jesus will come. Every eye will see him. To some, it'll be a great joy. To others, it'll be utter terror. He's the Alpha and the Omega of God's revelation. And this show's going to end with one spectacular event. Are you ready? Are you ready, church? So, what is it about this I am? He's the Alpha and Omega. It's all about Him. The Bible's about Him. World history is about Him. Future events are about Him. The Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. The question is, is He in the right place in your life? He is about to re be revealed. God's purpose and plan outlined right from the beginning is, is playing out in our generation, I believe. I'm not going to say I really believe that. I'm going to do a, a sermon series starting next week about where we are. I feel like I did it a while, you know, several months ago. But I, I, as I see it all playing out and uh, watched a video that we got from Jack Van Amp Ministries, and it really hit home with me without going into much detail. You think about where did COVID really come from? We can't believe the World Health Organization. We, we can't believe our government now. We, we can't believe the doctors. We can't believe the 
but it's here. And what's happened? I, you know, there were, there were businesses that quit taking cash. What would that lead to? A one world currency? If everybody's in one currency, what's going to keep us from having a one world government? What's going to keep us from, from, from living in, 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 in deception? What's going to keep us from taking the mark of the beast? What, what's going to keep us from having the mark so we could buy and sell? Let me, let me finish this real quick. His, re, his revelation for his bride is also tied with rewarding the saints. <clears throat> Behold, I am coming quickly. My reward is with me to render all according to what they have done. Will you get a good reward or a bad reward? It doesn't say I'm bringing good things to everybody. It says I'm bringing the reward for what you have done. Live like He's coming back today. Live like He's coming back today. We, we're in a place in history unlike any other place that I, that I know of. Many things are, 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 are coming, into, coming into place. I don't watch a whole lot of uh, Trinity broadcasting. I watch some. It is broadcast in every country around the world. Jesus said that's going to be happening before he comes back. We're there. I can remember, and I'm sure some of you can, some of you can't. We didn't know what was going on in Vietnam for two or three days. Now we know what's going on in Iraq in 10 minutes. Breaking news. A bomb exploded in Israel today. <clears throat> we have so-and-so live at the scene. If you didn't get a newspaper, you didn't know for longer than that until somebody read it and told you about it. Instantaneous information. We're on the verge. Deception. We're on the verge. We were watching a show last night, as I think it was on Newsmax or something. It was on Fox News. And they're having a round table. And it was really, it really, it, it reiterated what I believe, church. And I, I'm going to share this and then we'll dismiss. They had, they had some, some news people there. It had a picture of three um, entertainers who were considering running for office. Uh, I think uh, Dwayne Johnson called The Rock was one of them. The, the it formerly known as Bruce Jenner is talking about running for Cal, governor of California. In my mind, there's nothing more appropriate than that, okay? <laughs> Having whatever be the governor. And they were talking about sports, at, sports figures, entertainers, thinking that they should have a voice into our lives. Church, we've got to understand, an actor makes millions of dollars to be somebody else. Why would you think they're going to be themselves to you? Mm 
Politicians. Politicians go into the office more times than not, less than millionaires, and there's very few of them that come out of a national office without millions of dollars. Amen. There's something wrong with that picture. I read, and I don't know if they've straightened it up, but several years ago as, as, as things were changing, there were, there were congressmen and senators who were being voted out who owed banks hundreds of thousands of dollars because if you don't know, there's a bank up there that ha handles all the checking for the members of the Senate and House. And they had unlimited overdraft. You can write checks for all you want to. <laughs> I'm writing everybody a million dollar check today. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just like the arguments going on. We need to do this for that country, this for this country, that for this country. Church, we're broke. The United States of America is broke. We've got veterans who can't get health care. We've got children dying of, of hunger. And we're sending billions and trillions of dollars around the world. People get mad at me. They said, you're a Christian and you, you're not supporting the immigration. I said, the Bible's clear. Start in Jerusalem. Then to Judea, then to Samaria, then to the whole world. Church, until we get Cannon County, Tennessee, the United States of America straightened, we don't need to go to the rest of the world. Amen. We need to clothe the poverty here in Cannon County. Right. We need to feed the hungry here in Cannon County. We need to take care of our own first and then go out. I'm not saying left or right, I'm saying people. We, we miss the boat. We do.